As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen, I found out this morning that I was right about something we talked about on the podcast, and I haven't been as excited about it as I was when I found out that I was right about the Jetsons only having one season. <laughs> so you haven't been as excited about anything since then. Okay, what is it? What were you well, right being, about? Being right about anything. Yes, go ahead. Um, old people smell is real. Okay. <laughs> old people smell is real. My friends Heather and Jessica, who do the excellent Substack drinks with broads, wrote an essay about it today. Old people smell is real. There was an article about it in the Scientific American. Oh, my God. It starts in your 40s. The good news is that in in like smell tests, people thought that like adolescents smelled worse than old people. I mean, first off, I, I didn't need confirmation of this. I, I knew it because I dated old men when I was in oh, my 20s. Right. And, and I was like, I was like, they smell. But I will say I was playing our last episode. I was uploading our last episode uh, last week. And my Alex was my husband was overhearing it. He was listening. He was like, just for the record, he walked by and said, you don't smell any different than you did 20 years ago. And I was like, <laughs> all right, thanks. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, I, too, received a text from Paul that said on Monday morning that said, I like the way you smell. <laughs> so, look. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, it's it's working for the, the, the people that it needs to work for. So, yep. 
Yep. I found this, um, this scent. I forget, you know, I shouldn't even talk about this. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know <laughs> what I'm about to talk about, but there's this like, there's this perfume oil. I think it's called Merit and, but it's not related to the Merit beauty brand and it's like a smell activator. So it just makes you smell like more of yourself. And I was like, this is bullshit. But then I saw it enough online that I was like, okay, I need to, I need to own this because that's the way I am. And I'll tell you, I can't even smell it on myself. But when I go out in the world with this perfume oil on, I have gotten more compliments on, oh my God, you smell good wow. than I have in my whole life. So it's like a pheromone thing. I think it is. I don't know. It doesn't really smell like anything to me, but it must smell like something to other people. So that's all. That's I don't. I could put it in the show notes if I find the actual name of it. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's. Do you wear perfume still? I can't remember. I wear I wear Portrait of a Lady by Frederick mm. Mall, and I don't wear the perfume. They make a hair and body oil, and I wear that because perfume fumes are really like give me a headache. Headachey, like even like the Chanel, what is it? Number five. Like, I'm just like, when I smell that, I'm like, oh God, ugh, I can't. I, the spray, there's something about it. Well, there's something, I feel like at this stage in the game, there's something impolite about wearing a lot of perfume. Yes. Yes. Do you remember the smell taboo? Do you remember that? It was a very distinct smell that one of my mom's friends wore. And it was like, after she left the house, it would still be in the house. And we would be like, oh my God, X person has been here. It yes. smells like taboo. <laughs> I had someone in my life who did that with Calyx. Mm, unfamiliar. <laughs> Calyx. I, 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 it could have been an Estee Lauder scent. I don't know. But I had a relative who was like, it was like this sickening, I believe it was Calyx, a really sweet, sweet perfume. There just becomes a moment where like sense, like there's, they're so associated for me with like old lady. I mean, not that I would ever pick up Jean Nate, but I was thinking of Jean. Do you remember Jean? Did anybody in your life have Jean? Okay. Jean My Nate. grandmother had like dust. Oh yes. Exactly. Go. <laughs> Jean Nate. Jean Nate. That's all I remember. <laughs> My grandmother had like someone must have at some point given her a gift set. And she was like one of those like depression people that never used anything they were given. Mm -hmm. So like shit would just collect dust. Like she would wear an old ratty robe, even if she had a new robe, like plastic on the furniture, the whole thing. But like she, I would play with her stuff on her vanity and she had like a Jean Nate powder puff, which you were supposed oh. to like put talc uh, uh, and then the body wash. And it is such I know it doesn't smell like pine salt, but I kind of equate the two in my mind as just like an old way of, of being, smelling, cleaning, just being in the world. It's just like I could never, ever forget that as well, a scent. I believe that scent is the sense most closely associated to memory. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I believe, That's interesting. I believe I'm not making that up. That makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Think about how many smells immediately take you somewhere in a way that a song really can't or can, but not quite as instantly. Well, it's funny because of being in a totally different um, 
climate than I grew up in. Every once in a while, LA will have a day and I will be like, oh my God, it smells like an East Coast spring day. And it's like November, you know, or like, oh my God, it smells like a rainy day at the Jersey shore. And like, January. It's like, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it it is, it's very disorienting, but I do have those scent memories on occasion here, which is, you know, sad and weird. Yeah. I will sometimes on a rainy afternoon, I will sometimes have a, this smells like Oberlin in the spring. Yeah. Like a really specific, do you remember Vitabath? No. Vitabath was, was it? it was just green shower gel that just smelled delightful and everybody had it. I know what it is. I know what it is. Yes, I do remember it. I do remember it. Um, I realize I've just been basically a, a Dr. Bronner's person, I think, since I, we had it when I was growing up because we belonged to some hippie food co-op. And I've just been carrying it around for for life. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't think there's any other, anything in my life as constant as Dr. Bronner's magic soap. That's funny. Do you have anything you've used since childhood? Crest. Oh, wait, are you like a toothpaste, like monogamous? Like, do you have the same? I feel weird if I, if I, if, if they don't have Crest, I won't buy another toothpaste. I'll just go looking, but they always have Crest because it's Crest. But yeah, this, I think our generation is the last generation that had a whole lot of um, product loyalty, brand loyalty. Yeah, maybe. Although I have no brand loyalty for toothpaste. I don't care. I'll buy anything. I'll buy, I'll buy any. I'm like, whatever. It, this looks fine. It infuriates my husband. He's like, what is this trash? <laughs> what is this trash toothpaste? I've been thinking about that shit lately. Like, you know, you, you could spend a long time thinking about how annoying your partner is without really thinking about how much they put up with. You know? Yeah, that is very true. Like, really, like, like, just how dramatic I am. Like, I was like, this poor man. Like, I'll be like, oh my God, do you think I'm dying? Do you think I'm dying? My sinus is hurting. Is, wait, may I have a brain tumor? Like, this poor, like, when I really think about it, because I bitch about him constantly. And when I really think about what he puts up with and doesn't mind, like, just really loves me. It's crazy. It's crazy how much he loves me and how much he puts up with. That's beautiful. Yeah. The other day I told Paul, I was like, you know what? You're a good sport. <laughs> no, I was I was with these women. So I have been, I joined this this group and I'm with these women once a week, my neighborhood group of ladies. And you know, there is a difference in and I don't know if this is California or it's just me or what it is, but like I'm salty, right? I'm a pretty salty person and not everyone is like that. But one of the things I noticed being in this group of women, and they're all partnered up, whether they're with men or women, they're all partnered. And I was like, well, nobody here bitches about their partners. Like, I bitch about my partner a lot. And I was like, maybe that's a bad quality. Like, it's kind of embarrassing how much I bitch about him. But you don't bitch about him like he's an asshole and I don't want to be with him. And can you believe this thing he just said? No. Not, you know, not, no, not really. No, it's like it's it's bitching in a minor key. It is. But some people don't bitch at all. Like some these women I was with, I'm like, you guys are like all like they're our age and they all seem to like have a lot of like reverence for their partners in a way where I'm like, oh, old so and so, you know, <laughs> like I I was really like it was it was actually a really um 
So every once in a while, you have one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is an interesting mirror of my own behavior. Maybe I don't like this about myself, you know, because it's it's not very complimentary to me either that I'm bitching about this person. And also, like, they have to see him. He lives on the street. And I'm just like, he's such a pain in the ass. And like, that's not fair. I won't want him sitting around with a group of men being like, my wife's a pain in the ass. No, it's true. Well, that's a good realization then. It was good. It was good. And I have to say, I've been, I've since watching the way they talk about their husbands and how they steer the conversation away from negativity about their, their partners, not just husbands. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been really more observant of my own, just the, the, just how often I do that. I find that it's a good rule to neither complain about, I mean, I'll complain about Paul to you. Yeah, right. But to neither complain about nor brag about your partner. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's interesting. I think that's really, I think that's true. And also it kind of changes your outlook too, right? Like I can be just really negative. Like, I don't know about you, but I realized the other day, I'm like, God, I am, it really doesn't matter what is going on. I will find a way to be negative about it. And I, I don't love that about myself. Do you find that it's reflexive? I find that I have a lot of reflexive negativity. Yeah, of course. Of course, like, of course what am I going to be, Sunny? Like, what? <laughs> like. It's just, I mean, it's a part of his generational too. I do think that we, that, that, that there is like a Gen X cynicism and like sarcasm as, as, you know, social currency. And I mean, I, you know, that's just kind of who we, we are yeah. generationally. Um, oh God, speaking of negativity, speaking of fucking men. All right. <laughs> I had a post on Instagram I put up last week. I haven't been on Instagram a lot lately, but I put up a post, an old friend from college, a man, a Gen X man, who was one of those men who was always like telling me how it was. There was like a lot of pats on the head and a lot of like, oh, well, you know, like someday you'll understand that. You know, there's like a lot of that, a lot of mansplaining, like, you know, whatever. And also one of those kind of men who, I don't know if you had ever had this in your life. Like they almost feel like they own you somehow, even though you're not dating. It's like, it's just like a straight man who just feel, you know what I mean by this? They like experience- be, no, they like to be paternal. They pick women who they want to be paternal with. So it's, it's an old picture of me, but not that old it's from 2017. Like we haven't known each other in person for years. And he wrote a comment that he was like, this is the gen I remember. And one of the, and they listed out some adjectives and one of which was pure. (gasps) (gasps) Yucky. It was like blindly enthusiastic and pure. And I was like, ew, what the fuck do you first off? (laughs) I mean, could he have meant it another way? Could he have meant that like you're, you're, you're thinking your brain is just so excellent that it's pure. Probably not. I think it was like, you're an innocent baby. Right. (laughs) You haven't been besmirched by the world yet. You've only been successful because you fall into it. That's how he's always kind of treated me. But, um, and I was like, I wrote underneath it. What the fuck am I? Snow White? (laughs) (laughs) Did he respond? No. (laughs) Hilarious. Another, another, a a really good sick burn I saw on Facebook this week. And I guess I shouldn't say who it, who it happened to, but it was someone we've had on the podcast and on, on her Facebook, a man wrote, 
have you seen the film by so-and-so in which he discusses such and such, which is also the topic of your book? I found it really fascinating. And I so enjoyed reading your book and bought it for several of my relatives. And then in the, in the comments, she wrote, I write about this film extensively in my book. <laughs> I know who this is and she's the best and fuck man. I'm so fucking over them. I'm so, I like, Oh my God. I just said I was going to not bitch about men. I'm just like, you're no, so stupid. <laughs> you just said you weren't going to bitch about your husband. That's very different. That is different. That is different. Um, I, um, I saw Liz Fair, <gasps> which I'm very jealous of, although I too am going to see her the night after Thanksgiving. Tell me about it. It was so, first off, it was such a gift. I was supposed to be out of town this week and it was like, my the whole life has been so messy as I've been alluding to, right? Um, but I was in town and a friend had to give up these truly excellent Liz Fair tickets, mm. like uh, unbelievable seats and was like, do you just want them? And I was like, oh my God, really? Yes. So I went and it was a perfect concert. It was so great. perfect because you knew exactly what you're getting because she plays the whole album. She plays the whole album all the way through. All the way through. I can't wait. It was so great. And she was so great. And she was so happy to be there. And she looks great. And she's like very vibrant. And like sometimes you go see like an old favorite and you're like, oh, you know, missing a step kind of like, okay, I went to see Liza Minnelli and it was it was a disaster. Okay, yeah. as you can imagine, you know, yeah. And that's sad. But this was like, this was like, oh, she's still at the top of her game. She's amazing. And she was so excited because the crowd was so excited. And it was just it was just a thrill. Were people singing along? Yes, people were singing along. And she did a really cool thing where, I forget which song it was, but on one of the songs, there were mics all in the audience. So people were singing along with spotlights on them with mics. Aww. It was really moving. And it was, it just, it, it made me feel a lot of like, just really good nostalgia, you know, just like, yeah. oh, this feels so good because it doesn't feel like this is dead. It feels like yeah. this, like all of these songs still feel relevant. She feels still relevant. The crowd was awesome. It was really fun. I can't remember an album that meant as much to me as Exile and Guyville. I mean, that's the thing. I was thinking about it. Like, why did, like, I know particular songs, but why didn't this album mean as much to me at that time? And I, I was an Ani DeFranco girl. Like I was, that was where I was at. I was, mm -hmm. there are Ani DeFranco albums that I know every single word to every single song. And right. that's just where my, that's where my focus was. But, um, you know, Liz Fair is fucking cool as hell. She is. She's super cool. I wish she'd come on the podcast. Oh, didn't you try to make that happen? Didn't, weren't we going to do it? Yes, I know. Well, I did. And the publicist even wrote me back twice but then you know well she's on she's is on tour but she's no, on tour now but there's so many podcasts now it's just like it was so much easier to book guests back in the beginning it's just like i don't even know like well how how many podcasts do you think there are seven million like i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those things where at some point everybody's just gonna have one yeah i mean i think everybody does have one i think you're probably right it's crazy Okay, I just, I promise I won't do it anymore. I just have to talk about Taylor Swift for one minute. Okay, <laughs> the Taylor Swift podcast, go ahead. I know you don't give a shit about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I didn't used to give a shit about Taylor Swift. 
I think whatever drug that woman has created is really <laughs> fucking strong. Because I woke up Sunday morning and I, I, I like, you know, was looking at my apps. And of course, the first thing I saw was this footage, which you probably haven't even seen because you don't give a shit because you're normal. Well, this just isn't mine. This just isn't my thing. Go ahead. Taylor Swift walking off, you know, walking backstage, walking to the backstage after her concert. She's waving at the crowd and she's waving at the crowd. And at the entrance to the backstage, she starts running. I saw this. And she, and she kisses Travis Kelsey and the crowd goes wild. And I, if I have watched that thing once, I have watched it 10 or 15 times. It makes me so happy. That woman is a drug that I don't understand. That's all. He's, I just, he, he's hot. He's he hot. hot. And mark hot. my words, they will get married and have babies. I really think so. I think they're going to get married too. I had that. I had a similar thought to that. I really, I had a similar thought that they're going to get married because you know what it is? She's tall. Yep. And he's giant and he's sexy. He's so hot. He's so hot. He doesn't hot. know how to dress, but he's really hot. No, he can't dress for shit, but you know, who cares? But he, but I mean, I was thinking about who she dated. John Mayer, like, oh, fucking that guy. Jake Gyllenhaal. I've heard nothing but bad stories about him. You know, the thing is, she needs to be with somebody who understands what it's like to have a stadium full of people cheer at him. Yes. Yes. You know, she's never been with anybody because there are so few people in the world who have her level of success and fame. Yes. This is as, this is as close as I think she's come to being with a peer. Still, I don't understand why I care, Jen. I don't either. I don't know why she's yours. I mean, look, I have my I have my JLo and, and, and Ben Affleck thing. I mean, I think <laughs> we just all have our things. You know, some people I don't understand why anybody's into the Olsen twins. I'm like, oh, whatever. But people are like obsessed with them. Like, this is why celebrities exist so that we can fixate on them. It's true. But I got a kind of happiness from that footage that like, Felt that felt like I have I too have a parasocial relationship with Terrell Swift. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that look. Also, it goes back to what we talked about last week. Like, there's something like it's sweet. It's like it's 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 sweet. irresistible. It's sweet. They so obviously are in love with each other and hot for each other. And there's been nothing but bad news lately. And this is just this fluffy little bit of happiness. I am disassociating so hard. I am just going into the fluff anywhere I can find the fucking fluff. I mean, you know, yeah. Okay, then if we're talking fluff, mm -hmm. let's talk about the Jeff Bezos and his fiance Lauren Sanchez um, Vogue spread. No, I did not see it. Oh, I should have texted you beforehand so you. Could oh my god! Don't worry, don't don't worry. I'm gonna look at it right now. It's Jeff Bezos Vogue. First thing yesterday morning, my friend and friend of the podcast, Lauren Meckling, texted me and was like, OMG. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, this is better. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. These fucking assholes. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. The cowboy hat. He's so ridiculous. I mean, oh, he's on so many roids. He's on so many roids. Look at him. He's so stupid. He's on billionaire roids. Oh, the photographs. You don't even have to read a word of the piece, although I do recommend you read the piece. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you know what I love? How hard Anna Winter was probably holding her nose when she produced this whole thing. 
Does she anymore? I, you know, I don't even know if she even care. I think she's just so in with these people. I don't even think she gives a shit anymore because Kanda is, is struggling so much. I think she'll take any billionaire support she can get. You might be right. I don't think she gives a flying fuck anymore about, you know, I mean, they'll put anybody on the cover. Not, none of it matters. This is, I just love this because it's just, you can't buy taste. No. Like you just, you can't buy taste. Like these people are fucking ridiculous. As my mother always used to say, money doesn't care where it goes. Oh my God. It does not. Oh my God. Thank you for that. I've been <laughs> so busy. I totally missed it. Oh God. Oh. Let's take a quick break from some ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. And we're back. Well, I have something exciting that happened this week. I want to know. I received this in the mail. This is my first beauty advent calendar. <laughs> uh, you're going to get lots more. Okay. I didn't know I gave a shit. I don't think I'll get that many more because I really, I don't cover that many brands and especially I don't cover things I don't like, but I didn't realize how happy something could make me until <laughs> I got, this is a Kiko Milano beauty advent calendar and it has 24 items, 24 little gifts. It's a hundred dollars, but I think this week at Ulta, it's 40% off. It is amazing. And also I've been writing about beauty advent calendars. They're so fun. Why didn't I know about this as oh, a gift? Super fun. Liberty of London has like the king of all beauty advent calendars that they just started shipping to America. But like Benefit has really cute ones. And beauty advent calendars, as I always say, like minis, travel minis are a really good way to try a product before, you know, and not have to buy the whole like regular size version. And so, and so add beauty advent colors are all minis pretty much. It's a great opportunity. You know, I mean, like if you are the yeah. type of person who buys shit like that for themselves, which yeah. I am, 
Yeah. And they're so fun. I mean, this Kiko Milano one I like because it has all neutral makeup shades and like it has a mix of skincare and also like a really nice, um, like travel brush, travel brushes, which like I've started using brushes on my skin when I put, I don't have any makeup on today, but when I put foundation, I've started using brushes to blend things. And I'm like, why the fuck did I do these all this years? Like do this all these years. Like this is so much better than my fingers. Anyway, super excited about beauty advent calendars and really just, it's fun to discover something in, in at 50 years old and be like, Oh, this is like a toy. Yeah, and it is like a good toy. Oh, you have you are having so much fun unpacking beauty product packages. I'm very jealous of you in that respect. I do have a lot of fun with it. I mean, you know, the other day I was like, wow, like this is taking up my whole brain. Like this is now like this is what I'm doing, especially because it's Black Friday and I work, you know, in this the the shopping section of Yahoo. And so it's it's all consuming. And, you know, it's interesting. I still have a critical brain on it all. But it is like, you know, it's an interesting thing to give my brain over to, although I'm also giving my brain over to the goddamn Golden Bachelor. <laughs> I thought it was over. No, no. Last week was like the recap episode. And this Friday, by the time this comes out, I think it will be over. And I am so mad that he did not pick Ellen. I'm like, I love Ellen. Leslie is the sexy um, prince dancer, which is whom I think he wants, whom I think he wants. I think he's just like, I I was married to a regular lady and now I want the hot prince dancer. Right. But Ellen was just like perfect. She was just a perfect lady. And I'm kind of turning on Gary. I'm like, or his, his name is spelled G E R R Y. So it's Gary. Um, (laughs) I've kind of, I've kind of turned on him. I'm like, I don't know about you, Gary. Yeah. Did you give up on it? I gave up on it. I just, it just, it made me uncomfortable. It made me so uncomfortable. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. I can't stop. I can't stop watching it. I just got in and now I need to know. I need to know, but I don't have any hopes for his love. Like, I don't think he's going to have like a, I don't think this is the fine. I don't think this is the way to go figure. I don't think this <laughs> is the way to go, go find long lasting love. Yeah, it's been slim pickings with TV lately, you know? I'm very excited that The Crown is coming back this week. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, The Crown, isn't this, this is like the last season. It's like after Diana's death, right? I I don't know if it starts with where it starts, but last season ended with right before her her relationship with Dodie. Okay. Alphia, I think. So, yeah, I don't know if the death happens off, you know, is already happened, but... They're doing they're doing a bunch of episodes and then they're taking a break. They're doing that thing that Breaking Bad did and then they're coming back with the rest oh, of like the season. Oh, like short 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 season, yeah, like a miniature season. Yeah. Um, you know what's happening on Criterion is um a bunch of really cool movies of like pre-code um, like sexy actress movies. So there's a lot of Mae West mm-hmm. and they're all super short. There's like Mae West, Betty Davis, um, and then there's like two Barbara Stanwyck movies. And I was like watching the preview and I was like, God, that Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> like, I just had like <laughs> such an I just had such an old person thought. I was like, she's terrific. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting, we were sitting in a diner. This is slightly related. Yeah. Um, we were sitting in a diner that was very crowded on Saturday. And we're seated super close to the people next to us, like basically at the same table. So they kept passing us like the salt and pepper. 
And Paul was like, when they left, Paul was like, do you know how hard I had to try to not say, you seem like a couple of really nice young people. (laughs) He said, I felt like, I feel like the dad in the Allstate commercial all the time. Well, it's, I mean, of course we do. Like, did I tell you this? I brought up Ethan Hawke to my child a couple a couple weeks ago, and they were like, "Oh, you mean Maya Hawke's dad?" <laughs> that's the I that's the that. only context for this. Th- these, I mean, for a thirteen year old, for this like the end of Gen Z generation Alpha, they don't have any context for the people that we have context for. Zero. Yeah. Vince Vaughn. Charlotte had no idea who Vince Vaughn was. Uh, there was like a bunch and Osama Hayek, like none of them. Yeah. They're just gone. I remember once when I was young, walking down the street and hearing a kid say to his mom, who's Elizabeth Taylor? And I must've been in my twenties. So it struck me as really funny, but it was just the first of many, 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 many times I would see this play out. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. And it's crazy to sort of see that culture is all told through memes now. Memes are the only sort of through line of cultural currency. And sometimes that will then spark an interest in like the the origin of the meme. Like for example, The Office, like when I watched, rewatched The Office with Charlotte, I was like, oh, that, that scene's a meme. That scene's a meme. Like that's how they recognize things. It's, it's, it's crazy that that's the point of entry now, you know? I think that the fact that that is true has something to do with my fascination with Taylor Swift. Tell me more. (laughs) No, just the fact that like, if you watch reels, you just experience a lot of Taylor Swift. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I watched a lot of uh, Matthew Perry. Like I keep getting served up Matthew Perry reels, like, you Mm -hmm. know, every Matthew Perry. And I've watched like a ton of them. And then I watched, then I went down like a Jennifer Aniston gotta say nobody really acknowledging that Matthew Perry was kind of an asshole like it is now that he he is just a god now it is yeah. just we've for, we've forgotten the damage that he he did do to a lot of people which I guess whatever well if you're an ad if you go through life the kind of addict that he was then you're gonna fuck up a lot a lot of people yeah it's true I agree I agree I agree. I agree. And there was one woman, his like last serious relationship, um, his like former fiance that they broke up like right before the um, right before the Friends finale. And she wrote, nobody's ever I loved him so much, but nobody's ever hurt me as much as he did. Wow. Yeah. And then she wrote kind of a she wrote kind of a mean thing, which was uh, that before they had the Friends, uh, the Friends finale, they uh or the, the reunion. Sorry, I'm not paying attention to what I'm saying. Before they had the Friends reunion, he rewatched every episode with her and was like, hey, do you see what I did there? Do you see what I did there? And like, that was not the most generous remembrance of him, but who knows what he did to her. Yeah, I mean, imagine being the ex of somebody who dies and everybody immediately deifies him. Yeah, I mean, the ex of somebody who really was like, just dealing with a lot of, a lot of shit, you know? And yeah. Wow. Um, do you, do you, what else do you want to talk about? We also have some listener questions. Well, you know, I wanted to talk about the movie Nyad, which I watched. Oh yes. Yes. I meant to watch that. I'm so sorry. I did not get a chance to watch it, but it looks amazing. It's really, I mean, it, 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 like the woman had, I think five failed 
swims. It's about Diana Nyad, who became famous in the sixties or so for swimming around the island of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. She um, she was like a she was like a you know a pop culture figure in New York. She went on a date with Woody Allen. She was like you know young and cute and whatever. And then she was given a job on the Wide World of Sports as a commentator. And then when she was older, she decided to try to make a swim that she had made, it tried to make in her 20s from Cuba to the Florida Keys. She had tried to, she had tried to do the swim at age 28 and failed. So she tried again. I think the first time she tried, she was 60. Jesus Christ. She's like, I'm going to do this. I believe she tried five times before she finally made it. It gives nothing away to say that she finally made it. Um, but you watch every single try. And so it gets, it, it, it's both, you know, fascinating, but also slightly tedious to watch her continue to fail. Um, but it's like, it's a couple of things that are really notable about it. Jodie Foster and Annette, um, Benning. Annette Benning's faces, which look extremely real. Yes. I, I mean, no work done. I really, I looked at that from the trailer, like amazing. No work done. The only time they put used special makeup on Annette Benning was when they had to to show that like her face got swollen when she was in the water that long. Um, and it's also just a portrait of a really, really deep friendship. Oh, so they're not in a relationship, they're friends? They were briefly in a relationship, but they're each other's person. Okay. Okay. They're each other's person. And, you know, the way they portray Diana Nyad is totally as a kind of a blowhard, you know, a little, maybe a little spectrumy. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, um, it was a really moving movie. It's not a perfect movie. It wasn't like, oh my God, I want to go watch it again. I'd be very happy to never watch it again, but it was really moving. And Jodie Foster and Nett Benning were both really good. And yeah, she finally did it when she was 64 years old. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's amazing to think about that. That's incredible. I mean, swimming in the water, vomiting, losing 20 pounds a day. Like she wouldn't know where she was. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. But just to feel like you want to do something like that, just to feel that kind of fire in the belly, you know? Yep. It's like super punk rock. A girl says that a woman who they enlist to help them, a a doctor, a scientist says, I'm going to help you because this is the most punk rock thing ever. But also just like the idea of like, it's never too late because it just isn't. It just isn't, you know, I've been, uh, I've been mapping out, I've been mapping out like what I really want to do, which is I want to write a novel and I'm so intimidated by it. I'm so intimidated by fiction. I'm so terrified to do it. And I've been wanting to do it for so long. And the other night before, actually, before I went to that concert, I was waiting for my friend Quinn to meet me for a drink. And I, I just started like, okay, what if I just start outlining it? Like, I just know I want to do it. But it's just like, it's scary. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work on top of a lot of work. And like, what if I can't, you know, all of that stuff. But it's like, when you have that burning thing to do something when you're older, it's so gratifying if you actually pursue it. And it's so hard to get up the courage to pursue it. Yeah, because your brain has been working. All your brain circuits are set you know, and trying to set it to something new can be really hard. 
And also you just, yeah, and you get set in your ways and you're like, well, this is my routine now. I don't want to change yeah. this shit up. What do I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull an extra four hours of intense writing out of a day out of my ass. You know what I mean? Or whatever yeah. it is, you know, it's just like, cause it's inconvenient. Yep. Yep. You know, no, it's true. It's true. It's no, it, it, it is a nice reminder that it's never too late. And also that it helps to be slightly crazy. Yeah, it does slightly help to be slightly crazy. And yeah, to be slightly crazy and, and, um, and be not necessarily not care what people think, but be used to being a person that people that's a little off putting. <laughs> Yes. You know, like not being like universally like loved. It's like actually helps, I feel like. Yeah, because people people are happy to let you just go do your shit. Exactly. And they they understand that you need that kind of space. Um, No, I want to watch that movie. But also the faces I've been I've another thing I've thought about this week for no reason, but just like making those permanent changes to your face, not like getting a little bit of Botox, but really like going under the knife and just totally changing your face and how, how it can just like, I was listening to Barbara Streisand actually, because her book came out. I haven't, have you read that? Did you get that? Are you interested in that? I haven't read it. I don't, I don't have Barbara Streisand chip really. Yeah. Me neither. Well, a little bit. Yeah. Apparently the book is exceedingly long and leaves out no details. It's like 900 page book. That totally makes sense to me that that's exactly the book she would write. I'm more interested in her. Like, I don't really have the singer Barbara in me, but like actress Barbara, like, you know, funny, like there's so many good, there's so many good old, you know, seventies, uh, Barbara Streisand performances, but, um, she was talking about her nose. The book mm-hmm. starts with that everybody thought her nose was too big, that this was all she heard. Your nose is too big, your nose is too big. And that she just really didn't want to get a nose job. Number one, it was too expensive for her to get a nose job. She could she was change broke. her voice. Could change her voice. She really liked the bump of her nose. She didn't like the tip, but she really liked the bump. And she didn't like the tip. And she was like, but she's seen so many people that you go in, they, they went in, they took too much of the nose off and you can't put it back on. Right. And I was thinking about that because I was thinking about a specific Hollywood actress that I had been looking at her face and being like, oh, man, she's never getting anywhere close to her normal face back again because she did whatever she did. And that those like for every like, you know, enhancement, anti-aging quote enhancement there's an equal number of just like freak faces and ultimately like someone like Annette Bening, Jodie Foster, Dame Helen Mirren, they look better as themselves aging than as these like weird, like, you know, stretch bots. Well, you're the one who said a while ago, like, you're not going to look younger if you do these things. That's not going to be the thing that happens. You're never going to get back the power of youth. No, never. Never. So you're going to like try to like, I don't even know, keep the side. I, I don't even know. But it's like it, it's such an ongoing process of like self-love, self-acceptance and accepting the, what's happening to you and just staring it down in some ways. And I think I've said this before on the podcast, but there's a Charlotte Rampling quote where she says something like it's hard at first. The aging is hard at first. But if you wait, if you can make it through it, you're going to be happier on the other side because so many people at in their 70s regret getting work done and having these weird plastic faces because you're just having this like knee jerk like 
panic in your forties and fifties? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I will not get any plastic surgery. I predict that I will not get any, and it's not have anything to do. It doesn't have anything to do with not approving of it. I just, it scares me a little, you know, I've been thinking about my jawline. I really miss having a jawline and that's the one surgery I could see doing, but surgery is scary. I mean, surgery is to be avoided. And the recovery, the recovery, like the fucking recovery with you. Like, imagine like after I go get Botox, sometimes if I get a bruise, I'm like, oh God, I'm so stupid. I feel so stupid. Why did I do this? Or like, you know, the panic of the droopy eyelid the whole time, right? The, the recovery from a plastic surgery procedure and you're just sitting there with these big black eyes or like, oh God, like a, like a drain coming out of the side of your face just for vanity. It just feels so in, in, it just feels so intense. It feels, it feels really, it, it, it just feels like an intense thing to put yourself through. But again, it's like, it's hard to be in this society and you know, it, it, the heart, the whole, all the things I understand and respect everybody. I did find a very good, um, I had, I've been getting eye bags recently cause I've been sleeping well. And I found the cause RX snail mucin, um, eye bag pads are pretty good. Really? They do something. I tried them and a very expensive iPad, like a, you know, the $150 one and they're like $25. And I put one on each eye and the, the cause RX, my snail mucin people, they're just immaculate. I swear to God, I think that's the only skincare I would buy. And the, the one eye did was no longer puffy and the other one looked moisturized, but basically the same. Interesting. So there you go. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Do Do you want to answer a question? Let's answer a reader question or two. Okay. I'm wondering if Jen's Abercrombie jeans arrived and what she thinks of them. I did. I got them in the mail. They were like these very popular Abercrombie and Fitch jeans. And they were supposed to be like a mid rise. And they were so high that even standing, I was in pain. Oh. So they had to go back. And I just have not, I still haven't found my perfect jeans yet. I'm on still on a goddamn jeans hunt. I'm on a jeans hunt too. I'm on a jeans hunt too. And I find it very hard. I just want somebody who's really smart, who has exactly my body issues to tell me which jeans to buy. That's it. That's it. And I'm also finding that like, I want my jeans to be a little bit baggy right now. I'm not into like, I want like an old like I want like a sturdy denim old timey Levi's look, but without being like too tight and like, I don't really want stretchy and I don't really want anything like form fitting on my thighs. Like I'm wearing like a, I'm wearing like a pair of jeans that have that today and they're making me very unhappy. And then I hate a whisker. I hate a whisker. I like, it drives me crazy. I know it's very hard to find unwhiskered, undistressed jeans. Just like, what are they doing? Just give me a pair of grown-up jeans. I'm about to, I'm about to um, press send or whatever on um, a couple of pairs of J. Crew jeans um, that look a little wider leg. I don't know if they're going to work, but I'm also cheap. I've heard and other stories has a really good pair of jeans right now, and Madewell and Zara, but. Zara had whiskers. I have them and I forgot to send them back. So I'm stuck with these whisker jeans and 
every day I put them on, I'm like, this is a mom whisker. This is not a sexy young whisker. This is like a, 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 a target mom whisker. And I'm very, I feel very sad about it. So, <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. All right. Let me see if I can find another question. <laughs> I'm struggling to communicate with the matriarch of my family lately. She is just in a permanently nasty mood. And then she gaslights everyone around her by saying we are too sensitive or that she is, quote, entitled to be in a bad, bad mood. Recently, we traveled together, and by the end of the week, I lost it on her. She ended up telling me that I take everything too personally and that she has no idea what I am talking about. She has no idea what I'm talking about when I say she sucks the joy out of every experience. Oh, my God. Anyway, I ended up apologizing because I want to keep the peace. Any advice on communicating with older women who are leaning into their grouchiness and really advice on how to age without becoming a cunt? <laughs> Um, it's just interesting because I have mentioned before that, and I've talked to my mom about it, that she's gotten much more sensitive as she's gotten older. She's gotten more thin skinned. Things affect her more. I just think, and, and, you know, every time she like jumps down my throat or gets upset with me about something and sends me an email, Paul's like, you write her back and say, I love you, mom. I'm so sorry. She's 86 years old and you're not going to change her. And I think that, you know, this family matriarch sounds like she's kind of a bitch and doesn't make you feel good. And I don't think you should stand for somebody who doesn't make you feel good. But I also think, I mean, I just like, I have to keep relearning the lesson that I'm never going to change my mom. You know, I think I've got it down and then I, I get upset about something. You're not going to change these people. You're not going to get what you want. I think there's a grieving process, an acceptance process of this is just what this is. And I can't control how they behave. I can only control how I behave. I mean, it always goes back to the thing. Like, what are you going to regret later? You're not going to show them the way. And we keep thinking, you know, cause we want to be seen, especially right. by our mothers. And it's just not the dynamics probably set. Yep. It's a real clean up your side of the street thing too. Uh, you know, my kid is so volatile right now, and this is not a matriarch, but my kid is so volatile right now and so teenage. And it is so, I hate to use this word, but it is so triggering for me. And I become so reactive because I'm like, why, how could, you know, it's just the whole thing. Just the, the, just the angry speaking to me, the disrespect, it's just, it's crossing like all kinds of boundaries. And I keep trying to set them and they keep being crossed, whatever. And the only thing I could do is what's in my control. And that's staying calm, being kind, mirroring back like, oh, it sounds like you're really upset right now. And that's mm -hmm. it. That's it. Yep. You're just not getting, you're just not getting what you're just not going to get what you want out of this relationship. Unfortunately, it's, it's over. This is where this person is. And it's sad for them. But in terms of not being a cunt as we get older, I think about this a lot. The other day I was looking at the, the, the pad underneath the dish drain next to the sink. And I was like, am I the only fucking person who ever washes this thing? Like I was just, just like, Egh. and I was like, wait, when did I become a person who cares about the dish pad under the di drainer? And how is this the thing I get stirred up about with resentment? Yeah. So I think it's like checking yourself all the time. Am I behaving like a person who wants to be married, who wants to be a friend, who want, you know, like, how am I behaving? And like, what am I getting 
what buckets am I putting all my bullshit into instead of just like kind of like looking at my bullshit and like getting over it, you know? Yep. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm already kind of a bitch. It's only going to get worse. I know. I think you have to try to find delight where you can find it. I think gratitude helps. I mean, I really do. I think like. No, gratitude a hundred percent helps. Yeah. You know, they say that dumb exercise of writing down three things that you're grateful for each day or three things that went well that day actually makes a discernible difference. Learning new things, challenging yourself, staying in community with other people. I think people who are really that's a huge people one. who are really isolated, they don't even really have a check on they don't really know what their behavior is, you know, because they're just mm -hmm. not engaging with other people enough, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think those things, I mean, cause I, I, I don't want to be Andy Rooney. I don't want to just be some like grouchy curmudgeon who can't enjoy my life anymore. Who's sapping. The, cause you know, these people who are sapping the joy out of every situation because it's not going exactly correct. And also tend yeah. to your goddamn mental health too. Like yep. I have a friend who just, you know, found out that they're legitimately OCD and like really needed to like work through that and get on some meds because they had such obsessive thoughts all the time. So like, it's not too late to also be getting diagnosed with whatever's going on with your brain. Like really it's okay. It's not too late. <laughs> yep. I think this is all good advice. I don't know if it's good advice, but I hope it's good advice. All right. We made an episode. Look, we're at 50 minutes. Yay. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like this show, please rate and review it across the platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show and it makes a difference. If you want to support the production of the show and help us keep the show lights on, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash everything is fine. We blog there. We do special bonus episodes there. Um, it's about $3 a month at the lowest amount. That's less than a cup of fancy matcha. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at EIF Podcast. We're on Facebook with a robust and private Facebook group. You can find Kim on her substack, kimfrance.substack.com. You can find me for beauty, more beauty recommendations at Jen Romolini's Vanity. My husband was like, why didn't you call that Jen Romolini's Vanity Project? That was a much better title. I don't know. I'm not that great at everything. And <laughs> he's right, though. He's 100% right. The show is mixed and edited by the wondrous Natalie Rivera. Natalie, we love you so much. And so much. we'll be back next week. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, everyone. It's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic 
Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. 